May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. As we continue with our look at Acts under the theme of Acts of the Holy Spirit, today from Acts 16, which was our second lesson, we're looking at Is it my plan or God's plan? Paul and his companions in Acts 16 have, and I think this will work, have completed their, there we are, completed their work for now in Phrygia and Galatia. The obvious thing to them would be to move into Asia Minor. They probably would have done that by going to Colossae and then over to Ephesus. But in the words that we heard, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit, we don't know exactly what that meant. What, what happened in their life? Was there just some uneasiness? Was it some legal matter, what was it? Paul and his companions were never afraid to go into foreign territory, no matter what might face them. But anyway, they were kept by the Holy Spirit. And so what they did was to think, well, let's head north, go up to Bithynia. That's on the Black Sea. There are a lot of seaports there, and it would make sense that if the gospel were preached there and foreign visitors were coming through and so on, that they would hear the gospel and they might take it to a lot of places in the then known world. But then again, so they passed, I'm sorry, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to do that. So they passed over and went over to Troas, right there at the Dardanelles Straits. And had no clear, clear vision yet. But we read in, in Acts 16, that night Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So after he told his companions, they got ready, boarded ships, and finally got over to what's labeled as Macedonia here, Europe. And as you can see on that second missionary journey then, took the gospel there. Paul had plans. Uh, The Holy Spirit in one way or another, one time with a direct vision, said, here's where you're going. In a lesser way, perhaps. But no, God provides for us and our plans. He guides us often. Often when, yes, as we're in the scriptures, as we know his overall will for us, as we pray, he leads us by circumstances even to follow his plan instead of our plan. When I was uh, six and a half, I had a bout of rheumatic fever which meant a long convalescence. And during that time, Two people, three people really, were very prominent in my life in addition to my parents who 
my mom was a saint in caring for me. One was my doctor. He was not only a skillful man, but he was a caring man. The other two were my pastor and his wife. They visited he somewhat regularly. She, who, had been my, who was my Sunday school teacher, came regularly with the lessons and we talked them through. And so as I recovered and by about age 10, as I recall, I figured one of two things for my life. One, a medical doctor, two, a pastor. As life went on, when I got to high school, I had settled in on the pastorate. And so I prepared for it. Two years of German, two years of Latin to be ready for the uh, language requirements when, we first, when I first came to college. And when I got to my senior year and registered, the counselor told me, Don, with these classes, you'll have enough to graduate, but you're shy one class to be a full-time student. So I looked down through the list and said, bookkeeping one. Well, I found out that I enjoyed it so much that after, after school, I had a job delivering 110 copies of the Akron Beacon Journal to a neighborhood almost close to me. But I found that when I went home, the first thing I was turning to for homework was bookkeeping one. Later in the year, I had uh, the state of Ohio had scholarship tests, and I placed second in the state in bookkeeping one which at that point meant nothing to me other than I really enjoyed it. Then what happened right after graduation, the circulation manager under whom I had worked for four years came to the house, talked to my parents and me and said, uh, on the strength of what you've been doing under me and on the strength of your scholarship exam, we're ready to offer you a job in our accounting department and we will send you to night class at the College of Akron, which is now Akron University. A job, college, eight years versus eight years of study for the pastorate. I don't remember all that happened in the three weeks there, but through conversations with my parents, uh, and quite frankly, my mom would have rather seen me stay in Akron rather than move on right then. Uh, and so on, I decided, no, it was a pastorate. The Spirit guided. And so in your life, uh, in whatever decisions you're making, there is that guidance of the Spirit as we stay in his word, as we ask for his, for his guidance, and decisions then are made. The account of Paul's dilemma and his ultimate guidance by the Spirit provides some several important lessons for us. One is a good plan is it always God's plan. It's certainly the Lord and His Holy Spirit wants us to use our brains and Paul and his companions had thought it through and as we said, showed before, they felt it was time to move on and they had plans to go and the Holy Spirit said, oh, no. Okay, we'll go north. No. Well, then they, by the Spirit's leading, got to Troas where Paul had that vision and the gospel went on to Europe. 
Human reason was not enough. The spirit was guiding. One more little story. In the summer of 1984, I know that sounds like a century ago to some of you. In the summer of 1984, I was pastor of Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Mawa, New Jersey. I had been there four years. It was a church like none other I had served. The lay people and the lay leaders were really active. I don't know of any pastor, other pastor, who had an elder walk into his study in August to say, Pastor, I'd like to lead the financial stewardship program this fall. Will you? Can I? I said, sure, Bill, I'll, I'll work with you. It was that kind of place. And so that summer, I had told the Lord in prayer, I'll retire from here. That's my plan. The next fall, as the New Jersey district got uh, nominations together for the, for the district president, they needed five names, and my name was one of the five. And as Marilyn and I thought and prayed about it, we said, well, yes, if, but, you know, the first vice president is a very obvious one. He's been very active and so on. And so we went to convention. And the only person I think that was more surprised than I at the results of it was my wife. My family was there. And as we were called forward when the election was announced, Cindy whispered to her mother, we're not moving. <laughs> to which her mother said, smile. <laughs> it led to a ministry that I had never envisioned. You have things like that, I'm certain, in your life as well. There are times when a job took you somewhere that you thought I would never live there. But once you were planted, there were opportunities not only for family life and so on, but as his child opportunities to share his love and care with others. So we learned that we have to be open to new direction. There's a, uh, a naivete, but something even more, uh, a, a problem sometimes, I think, when we focus in on something so much and we know that is God's will for us, almost like God's a... Uh, personal GPS system that will move us on. In my, as I uh, worked with people and prayed with people, there are times when, as we prayed for a loved one who was very ill, that the person said, I know she's going to be healed. And there were times it happened. At other times, we also need to know whatever that would be that that Lord Jesus Christ who comes to us in his word and in his sacrament walks with us whatever, whatever. I had a college sophomore, a young man walk into my office after his first year of school and say, I'm going to marry that gorgeous gal in the next door. He hadn't even asked her for a date yet. It didn't work out. Naivete, but we need to remember, we have to be open to new direction. Going to Macedonia was the third plan that Paul had. 
and the Lord blessed it. So when we look for guidance, Paul's story highlights two dangers to avoid. One is assuming we've understood God rightly the first time. That can almost become not just overconfidence, but a, an arrogance if we you know, pick up a particular Bible text and say, that means this, and this is what, where I'm headed. God does speak to people. It is often a, a time, a long time of prayer, a long time of being in God's word. And as he does, we need to be open and listening. And the other is not realizing that God is in the rerouting. Paul and his companions finally went the way that the Holy Spirit put a clear, through a dream, put a clear way. But when our Lord was on earth, we often read that he was interrupted in what he was intending to do. And that was all still a part of God's plan. He was headed to a ruler's house to heal a, a very sick son of the ruler. And along the way, a woman who had an issue of bleeding touched his robe and he stopped. Who touched me? And he took time to heal, took time with that person. I can almost imagine that young man's father saying, in our gospel reading today, the disciples came back. They had, were exhausted. Jesus said, let's go away to a quiet place. So they got in the boat. And the people who watched them leave said, we know where we're just going. So they went that way and along the way called others to say, hey. And when they got there, they're rowing in. And here's this crowd. I often think, in my work as district president, I often preach twice on a Sunday morning at one congregation and then a different sermon at another place for a pastoral anniversary or whatever. And when I got home at whatever hour of the evening, my family knew I needed 15 minutes. I love people. I love to be among them. But there came a time, and so I would change and and then talk about the day with, my, with Marilyn after the kids left. But I can imagine if I were in that boat, we're headed to shore, I would have said, we're going the other way. Interruptions, but they are God's interruptions. Children were brought to Jesus and the disciples said, don't bother him. He welcomed them, took them in his arms. He sensed by the spirit that these people mattered. And so it is in our heart and life that we understand that interruptions can be a way of God rerouting us to that person, the one who needs his care. And we recognize then that God has an overall plan, stepping back and taking the big picture. Ephesians 1, for he has made known to us in all wisdom and insight 
the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. The Greek word there is just like that. I forgot it. Oh, it's here. Oikonomia. Oikonomia. It was a word from the medical text of Paul's day. Oikonomia referred to the fact that the whole body acted together in concert for the good the nervous, circulatory, etc., all those systems you learned about in biology, all those things work together for the good of the body. About eight weeks ago, I called on a friend who was going to have open heart surgery and happened to come into his room the, in, within an hour after the surgeon had been there. He's facing surgery, and he has such a smile on his face. I said, Roger, what's going on? He said, you know, I asked the surgeon, where do you get this tubing, you know, the, whatever it is that you have to replace when you cut out the calcified place? And the surgeon said, in the leg, there is a vein that is superfluous. It does not trans." blood. And so we take that, section it, and fill in where we need to. He said, Don, do you realize when our Lord created us, he provided for something that wouldn't be known by medical science for how many years? But when it was needed, he led doctors to discover it. And so, as you know, you probably know people who have had those surgeries, and they're wonderful. But all of that in that plan, the, God's perfect plan started, of course, from the beginning, when he told Adam and, Adam and Eve, Satan, you're going to bruise Eve's descendant's heel. He's going to crush your head. And we celebrate that at Christmas when our Lord came to earth, did his ministry here, left physically when he ascended so that he can be with us in all of this, in all of our circumstances. As St. Paul says in Romans, also praying for us in all of our situations. And one day, he will return again. That's all the oikonomia, the plan of God. In between now, we're here, and our life isn't just nothingness whirling around. There's direction for this. We're, by the Holy Spirit, called in to be a part of the oikonomia. It's God's plan. And by his power, as we face a circumstance that we don't know the way through, or a circumstance that we know the way through, with prayer and meditation, with his coming to us, he will lead us according to his plan. And that plan will involve us and our good as well. God, keep us open to that. In his name, amen.